0: This episode is brought to you by Bolt and Barrel Oil. Bolt and Barrel is a premium synthetic graphene-infused all-purpose lubricant that will outperform anything on the market. The graphene in and Bolt and & Barrels formula me creates a microscopic separation in between metal and metal contacts. Great for firearms, bicycles, power tools, or anything that needs a high-performance lubricant. Bolt and Barrel is a veteran-owned company and available online at www.boltonbarreloil.com as well as select retailers around the country. Check them out on Instagram at Bolton Barrel Oil. Again, that's www.boltonbarreloil.com and use promo code scrolling for 10% off at checkout. This episode has also been brought to you by Cloverstone Digital Group. Cloverstone Digital Group has been in the business since 2003. They've helped everyone from a one-person business with a small budget like myself to national retailers with a $35 million budget. They're helping me with my business and they can help you too. You can find them on Instagram at Cloverstone Digital Group or www.cloverstonedigital.com. They're offering free consultations, just let them know that Tom sent you. Again, that's www.cloverstonedigital.com or on Instagram at Cloverstone Digital Group. What's up everybody, what's going on y'all? I got Patrick handling handling for Hopkins, man. What's going on, Pat? Uh, Not too much, thanks for having me on today, Tom. No man, thank you, brother, man. I know we talked a little bit more yesterday, and uh, definitely a little more today. Um, So let's start out, man, a little bit about yourself, just kind of, you know, letting listeners uh, get a little more
1: background about yourself. So I know you're from Hopkins, right? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I I would say I grew up in the the booths of my family's restaurant. I, you know, technically grew up in uh, New Hope, went to Cooper High School, but I, you know, spent a lot of my youth. Right. Uh, my family owned a restaurant for uh, close to 20 years on the corner of 11th and Main Street in downtown Hopkins. That's right. The wife uh, was telling me about yeah. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, you know, from the, I always joke around that, you know, my, my, I heard my parents call it a family restaurant. I was like seven or eight. Right. And uh, I always thought that meant because the whole family had to work there. It wasn't the style of food. It was, you know, yeah, <laughs> the, the whole yeah, family yeah. Was, had to work in the, in the restaurant. So. Um, you know, when I was little, I was, you know, helping stuff baskets for the subs. Right. Uh, when I was little. And then my dad would wake me up at uh, six o'clock in the morning, hand me a shovel, and have me walk down Main Street. And, you know, he'd <laughs> the he, beautiful he Minnesota always, winners. Yeah. He always tried to teach me, you know, hard work is important. So, right. you know, I'd go have to shovel out uh, businesses along Main Street. And then, you know, I worked in the restaurant. Oh, as, that's a, dope. as a server and, and did deliveries and all that kind of stuff as I was growing up. So, okay. I spent a lot of time there. Um, you know, working and then also just with my friends, just hanging around, uh, hanging around Hopkins. That was most of my childhood. Is it still up? Is that restaurant still? No, up? yeah, we uh, actually sold it in um, uh, 2001, I believe. Okay, uh, my my mom was sick with uh, my parents ran it together. My mom and dad uh, ran it together and. My mom was sick with uh, multiple sclerosis. Okay. And he Sorry had about to, that. No, yeah, he had to try to find a way to uh, find a job that he could work from home right. and, and help her out. Um, and so he went into commercial real estate and then, it, you know, just running the restaurant was just too much with everything going on. And oh, yeah. I actually, uh, you know, I I learned a valuable lesson in how close we all are to, you know, needing help. We were, you know, a strong independent family, uh, you know, running a business and, you know, very quickly with, with, uh, you know, that coming into our lives, um, you know, had to uh, for a period of time had to rely on, you know, the great services in Hennepin County with their healthcare program and being able to provide in-home healthcare service while, you know, the whole family had to transition to this, you know, to new life. Yeah. And I mean, we were, I would go, try, go home and help take care of my mom, you know, but it's, um. You know, it was a full time, full time job doing that. So even having like little bits of time where folks could come in and help us out, and we are, you know, it allowed our whole family to be able to carry on, and you know, my dad to carry on with his career, and he does right. he's done great in commercial real estate from there, and was able to, you know, eventually get to the point where we didn't need as much assistance. But you know, those kinds of safety nets in, uh, you know. That we have here are really amazing, and you don't really realize how close you are until you need it, right? That's very true. Right. That's very true. I think you and know, I were just talking about that. Um, that's been a lot for you too. At that age, how old were you again? So when my mom got MS, yeah, um, yeah, I was. I mean, it was probably right around the time that they um, a little after when they opened the restaurant. So I was like nine or ten. Okay. And then it just got to the point where it was too much, right? You know, later on, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it right around the time that I graduated high school, was going into college. She was getting to the point where you know she couldn't walk, and then by the time I got out of college, she was having trouble talking. And right, you know, right. So um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a slow. it's tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible disease. It's you, it's something where it's. Um, Sorry, is it okay we talk about this? Is no, that, for yeah, sure we want yeah. to go into it. We're no, just no, like no. my campaign and we can no. get into that but No, no, yeah, no, no, a, no, no, we it's, go. <laughs> it's a it's a horrible disease in, in that um, you know, and not to compare it to like there's a great disease, there's not, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but that you're always reacting to it. So one day, you know, it'd be like her right arm didn't work and right. we'd have to, you know, Come up with solutions so that she could, you know, do things that she was using with her. Yeah. And then the next day, or, you know, maybe not the next day, the next couple months, it would be like, all of a sudden her eyesight is starting to go. It's like, okay, well, let's go get, go to the doctor, like get that worked out. Right. And then, you know, it's like she's having trouble walking. And then, you know, then the right arm comes Uh, back. And, you know, and it's, but it's a slow transition and you're just constantly. Uh, having to react to it, right. and you don't know what it is you're going to have to react to. Next. And it was, she went through deep, some deep depression, oh, uh, you know, with it. And, uh, um, you know, later on in life, I think, even though the disease was far worse, uh, you know, came to a point where she was, uh, you know, emotionally more accepting of it and yeah. just learning to adapt. And you know, I I learned a lot from her. In that way and just how to react to the things that come at you in life and sometimes the you know we were talking about this earlier yeah but sometimes the biggest courage the most courage that you can have in life is is just a smile through that when you've, that got is, that, yeah. you've got that pain going on and you've got you there's all these things that you can't do anything about and just to smile yeah you know and just to have to like to focus on the things that you can do so that's really one thing that i, I just learned from her is you know, focus on what you can. You can work on and what you can change. Well, that sounds like great advice, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some good. Uh, man, that's tough.
0: That's tough. She sounds like a strong woman, though.
1: Yeah, she. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she, yeah,
0: she passed uh, a few years ago. And, yeah, Damn, man. Sorry yeah, to she hear was that. Ama- bro.
1: Amazing woman. Did it, it's interesting that you know as she she did a lot of it, she taught me a lot about service. You know, and that's one of the things that really I'm in public service right now. Yeah. That's been my whole life. Um, but you know, she really taught me that the importance of giving back and the importance of giving to people. We, you know, when we were little, we did like meals on wheels, deliveries, uh, to people we did, you know, we went to uh, senior care centers and, and did visits there. We did, uh, dinners for, um, you know, uh, people on Thanksgiving that didn't have places to go. And a lot of that in our whole family came from her is like that, that you know, willingness to give, right, right. And And help others. Yeah, and help others. It was interesting, just later in life, like it was almost like also there's also a lesson there in learning to accept that giving because some of I mean, we had Meals and Wheels coming to our house, right, when when she was going through that to help out, you know, and and that was, a. uh, there's almost as much of a a lesson to learn in that, you know, it's like when you need help, it's amazing, man, to receive that help. Yeah, you know, Sorry, I didn't know we were going to go this direction. No, no. (laughs) Well, what I tell you, man, hey,
0: y'all check it out. Y'all know how we do it here. We let the conversation go. Go go where it goes, right? So, you know, um, don't even worry about it, man. You know what I'm saying? We'll just... uh, like I said, man, it's because one, to me, I think that kind of lays the foundation to even what we're going to get into later, you know what I'm saying, here in a few minutes or whatever, because yeah. it lays the foundation of, of, and that's what I really wanted to talk about, right? Because it kind of shows me a little more that, you know, that was already in you, this whole, you know, uh, giving back to the community and caring about the community was not just something you just thought about, yeah. um, you know, a couple of months ago, yeah, right. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, man, that's so, wh- she was always a given person like that, so you already saw that, you already saw that, that caring and giving for the community, Um, and you guys were already involved, even while still, like you said, y'all were getting help or whatever, right? Right. Um, Yeah, so, um, you know, like I said, so you can kind of see because a lot of people, it's like, well, I just want to get in politics, you know, for whatever mundane reason they have, you know what I mean. So, like for you, like I said, this is something that's already been built inside of you, something that's already been kind of set inside of you. Um, when you went to college, was that something that you started thinking about? Where you started kind of was, was politics starting to kind of like, <laughs> yeah, no, I or mean, like yeah, direction or you know what I'm saying, like to give them back? Where you kind of like, hey, I'm always going to be part of the community. I'm always going to continue doing this.
1: Yeah, you know, something that your mom taught you and kind
0: of showed you, or is that?
1: Yeah, I would say in college I was, you know, my dad my family owned a restaurant, right? You know, my dad always kind of encouraged me to like work hard. Go, you know, look into go into business, and and so I went actually went into marketing when I was at uh, I went to Saint Cloud State University, and okay. I read a book called The Ecology of Commerce, okay, and it was this book about you know everything that's going on in the world right now with climate change, with loss of species, yeah, uh, you know that, are, and this is back in the '90s, uh, but it's still relevant today. Um, and it was just talking about how you know people uh, tend to have this this false narrative about business against the environment, yeah. Um, and it's actually that businesses are the solution to it because businesses all they represent is what what are, what are we purchasing? Yeah. What are our values, and what do we want in the market? Yeah. and so that's what businesses are providing, right? True. <laughs> and so you know, and I was in marketing at the time, and it was all about behavior and what you know, how do you how do you get people to purchase the products? Right. You know, for the business, and I was like, wow, this is amazing, and it really was talking about how businesses are actually the solution to a lot of these problems. I could see have. that, and you can you know, you could take that to with Climate change and environmental issues, but also some of the other issues that we have. It's it's really about the values that we have in society. So that just that book just changed my mind, and I went into environmental studies right. after like immediately. So I, it took me another year to like revamp all my courses and stuff like that, and then uh, ended up getting my master's degree uh, in environmental science as well around okay. like residential. Um, energy efficiency, sustainable building design. Yep. Um, and so I uh, wrote a master's thesis on that and then um, ended up going from there into the Peace Corps. Okay. I was uh, in the United States Peace Corps. And that's actually, that, that was a dream of my mom's, uh, so, was to go into the Peace Corps. Uh, she was a, a teacher growing up. And so I, I was like, that, that was one motivating factor, you know, is going into that and, yeah. you know, trying to make her proud. Of course. Um, so I served in the, the Peace Corps for two and a half years. Uh, I was in the country called Vanuatu. Uh, people, okay. people usually have that expression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was you like look <laughs> in your face, yeah, Vanuatu, um, It's out in the South Pacific, so it's north of New Zealand, east oh, of okay. Australia, west of Fiji. It's a chain of 83 islands. Um, Uh, 200,000 people. They speak 120 languages. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I was on one of the southern islands, one of the more remote islands uh, in the chain of islands. And then I was a vocational teacher there. Oh, wow. So how was that whole experience, though? Oh, it it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. kind of work were you doing there? So I taught at a vocational school. The education system there stops um, paying for education at year six, so the kids are twelve years old. Really? Um, and even if they can go on, like even if they have the aptitude, they've got to pay school fees, and most of the families can't afford to do it. So yeah. there's this whole network of vocational schools, and I use the word vocational lightly because a lot of it is still just continuing education, right. like adolescent reproductive health, you know, basic math, right, um, right, those kinds stuff of stuff so that they need. Yeah, so we incorporated, and this—it's a whole structure that's built out across the country for these these schools. Um, but it, yeah, it's applying skills back into the community. So it's like agriculture, small business. Like yep. small business, I mean, in terms of like selling things at market, right? Right? Um, you know, and like how something
0: that's going to that gonna benefit
1: them in their yeah. in their in their country. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So we like example of that is we raise chickens. We talk about We talk about uh, animal nutrition in one class, and right. then we talk about small business. And like we've got all the eggs coming in. Let's do an. Pretty in cool, inventory man. the eggs, let's sell them, let's keep track of the money, yeah. let's go to market, you know, and then all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, and then and then also your own health, right? So right. talking about like what, what we eat and, and our own nutrition. So yeah, it was really good, it was just very hands on. Uh, and my students were anywhere from 12 to 22. Oh. So there's some students that, you know, I'd, I'd work with local carpenters and, you know, we'd come in and talk about, um, you know, using carpentry skills yeah. with some of the older students. So it was really interesting just learning like different learning, Teaching techniques, right, for right, young kids to older adults because the audience changes and yeah. and, and how they receive it's
0: completely different. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, that just that just kind of brought me up, man, on something here. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of Americans don't even will. Not, I think for a lot of them, it's hard to fathom uh, the, the stuff that we take for granted. You know what I mean? So, right. like you just mentioned, like, like schooling ends for them at six. Like, can you imagine if yeah. we just That's <laughs> twelve years old? Can right. you imagine that? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I mean,
1: after working with these kids, it's I yeah, mean, you get to man. See it, right. And so it's yeah, it, yeah. But yeah, totally. We have an amazing educational system here, right, uh, in the United States. So. Well,
0: I'm just saying, just like just like in a whole, how like you know, you know, that's just something so small, but we take. So much other stuff that we that is just you know it, it's all right you know what I mean it's it's, yeah. it's things that we just get right right and we take that for granted man like you know I'm saying I'm just thinking about that just because like you know I'm just thinking how you're just saying one like I'm I'm trying to think to myself like if my daughter right now just stopped going to school right. you know what I mean or like if I had at at like 12 years old how like different that would be for you know everything from my mental to how you know what I'm saying, to my life. Right. For, for, for everything. So it's just, I'm saying it's just crazy when I think of that, especially all the places that I've been to, just looking back, I think that's what gives me such an appreciation, and I'm sure that gave you an appreciation of what you got here back home, you know?
1: Yeah, it did, it did, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that, and vice versa is things that we can learn yeah. from other cultures. I mean, I've never laughed and just had smiled as much as I did, yeah, like, people are so little, you know, that we think is so important materially, uh, yeah. like they had so much, um, it, it, so much joy in their lives, and and everything was, you know, I really learned, and what I really love about Hopkins too, that like in my mind correlates is, you know, they they would sit down and in Beninwatu a story, or when you get it like we're doing right now, yeah. is when you have that time to sit down together, that's a blessing, it, like yeah. it's, it, that is the commodity, in their culture is. The time together and the relationship that you build together, the relationships that you have, yeah, true, um, is Facts. your is your commodity. Yeah, and so and I don't mean that in like a like it's a true, it's built, it's ingrained in the culture of like that's how you that's what life is about is about the connection to each other. One hundred percent, man. Yeah. but I think I think that's why um, you know here
0: in America everything is yeah everything yeah, needs yeah. to happen now yeah. and everything you know what I'm saying time is is, yeah. is you know what I'm saying time is not for you it's it's for the business you know what I'm saying time's for you know right making the wheels turn you know what I'm saying the uh right the corporate wheels turn or whatever you want to call it right but like i think that's one thing you know a lot of people don't understand like you go anywhere else like Family time, spending time with friends, spending spending time with just you know those close to you yes. is huge. Right. You know what I mean. And, and and I agree with you. Like, I've I've laughed so much. You know what I mean. Being overseas and just with the locals and the you know, local nationals and all, right. Just had a great time. And it always gives me appreciation for everything else that I have back here. And I'm like, man, you know, like like we have it pretty damn good over here. Yeah, <laughs> <You> we do. <laughs> so, we do. <laughs> for uh, sure. How long? How long were you there for? Uh, two and a half years.
1: Two and a half years. And then and then uh, what after that? Uh, came back to the United States and I, I really, there was nowhere else in the world I wanted to live except for Hopkins. Really? Yeah, it, uh, you know, just spending so much time here. yeah, were spending so much time in, in Hopkins. Um, you know, I just loved that community. Like I didn't think you, I didn't feel like you could get that Right in other places, you know, right. a, our downtown Main Street is really unique. It is and those and those connections that you know, those relationships that we had with our restaurant. You yep. know, knowing people here and you know, go over to Hans Hardware and Pete Hans <laughs> yeah. worked at our <laughs> restaurant uh, growing up. But you know, these, I lived next to uh, Rod Miller, who is the son of one of our former mayors. Right, I mean, there's just all of these connections, connections all over the place. Yeah, and it was like it gave me that same sense of this is a community. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, I, I, there's nowhere. else else I wanted to live except for Hopkins. So you so, can't make yeah, straight to yeah. Hopkins
0: Well Hopkins pulled me back, man. Like, you know, um so I left, you know, like I told you, I left back when I was nineteen. Um, but I lived in the Saint I lived in St. Louis Park, um, you know, but but I lived right there for one sixty nine Hopkins, St. Louis Park, here. but I went to north actually I went to West uh, for seventh grade or eighth grade. Uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, and then uh, okay. um, went to the high school for a little bit. But uh, you know, what I'm saying I group. up I to me, it's the same thing, and I understand what you're saying as far as like, you know, what I'm saying it's, it's that it, it it's home, man. Like yeah. as much as I bitched about it, um, never coming back here and all like that. Um, you know, I, I, I came back. You know, I live in Hopkins. I live not far from Main Street itself. Um, and I always tell the wife all the time. I'm like, man, like. I'm kind of glad I'm back. You know what I mean? Like it feels good. Like you said, it, it it does have that sense of community, and it does have that. Um, and it is like that. And um, I love that we're gonna be able to raise our, um um our daughter there, and that we do have our kids there right now. You know, say my step my step are from there, um, go to school there, and my kids, my two daughters, also go to um Eagle Ridge. So you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that makes me feel good knowing that they're gonna be, you know what I'm saying, raised in that community in that area. So that's, yeah, right. man, that's huge, man.
1: Yeah, just let me know what we gotta do to keep you here. Oh, yeah. for sure, right. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: so you came back, so you came back here after uh, the Peace Corps, you came back, and then um, did you end up working for the city of Minneapolis right away, or was that kinda like? Yeah, that
1: was kinda the same time. So I moved, same time. yeah, I moved back to Hopkins, and then um, at the same time I got a job as a, um, you know, I went into the environmental field and, and I, and I was a banquet captain in uh, during college to pay my way through college, so right. I was working 3040 hours a week. I was working crazy. Hours. Really? Uh, I mean, on top of my school schedule, you know? right? And um, and then came you know came back here and I was like I want to get in the environmental field right you know the the food industry is a tough business and I was like I don't know if I can go back to the food industry so the first job I got at the city of Minneapolis was inspecting restaurants so I was just like hey, man I can't get away I from it can't me. get away from <laughs> it I mean I love it and I'm you know it's there, there's it's a unique culture and it's a great culture but um, so I started there and then uh, ended up getting a job as an admin position in uh, public works okay. uh, uh, looking at um, rain leader disconnect program separating sanitary and and stormwater Um, and then got a job as an environmental inspector and then uh, was promoted to a supervisor manager and then and now the director of environmental programs i oversee two areas anything related sorry i'm like no you're you're Uh, gonna oversee two areas Anything related to pollution, so right. I, you know, on construction sites, spill response. You know, we work with our fire department, with our public works department um, on that work, and then we also do innovative. We have innovative programs around energy efficiency okay. and solar. I mean, we are talk to solar developers here, and we've we've created programs my, myself and my team, and I can talk about how. Yeah. Depending on whether we got time, um, but created programs that has made Minneapolis a hotbed of solar development. Um, and I think there's a lot of that work that could be plugged and played into Hopkins, and actually, um, you know, probably have some improvements in how in how that's that those programs run, and then do it in a way that fits Hopkins.
0: I was going to ask you that because so, um, you know, I had to do my research on you and shit, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so
1: as
0: I so that's one of the questions I kind of wanted to ask you, man. So I know you were talking about you know. Um, wanting to help make uh Hopkins, you know, one of the one of the leaders as far as going green and green and right? Yeah. So like what does that exactly look like? Like as yeah. far as is that just help more homeowners and you know and, and businesses go uh solar and all that or, yeah. or like what does that look like as a big picture for you is that you're trying to do? Yeah, so or your vision.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean if you were to build a city, a green city you would look at the bones of Hopkins and say, "This is what we would build from scratch." What has already been created. I mean, a lot of it comes because it's it's evolved as the as a way, like with our Main Street, a walkable community that right. that just is how people should be living. Right. Um, but it's a walkable community, so you're not driving around everywhere. You can get to all your services by walking around. You have transit stops, both uh, bus and then the light rail transit is going to be coming in you have bike hubs that extend from Hopkins. It's like a hub out from Hopkins to the metro area or the rest of the state if you wanted to, I mean, if you follow those trails. Um, So you really can just, it is everything that you'd want in a green city. Um, And then we just have to build the, I was looking at the solar suitability of different cities and Hopkins has one of the highest solar suitabilities. Uh, So that means that the amount of solar that could go on our rooftops, um, it's 56% of our energy could come from solar energy. And then usually, you know, the programs that I run usually we figure uh, you could probably get as much as in that in energy efficiency, especially if we haven't had programs before. Um, So, it the sun the the dollar amount on those solar arrays would be ten million dollars a year. Right. There's probably an equivalent in energy efficiency. So you're talking about twenty million dollars a year that could be gained um, you know financially and that's how I look at all these things i work with small businesses all the time i work with industry all the time right. you know and that's where we start the conversation because that's the you know our the decisions are, are economic right right you've got to make those decisions economic and so yeah so um, yeah i we're approaching the 1000th business that we or business or nonprofit that we've worked with uh, in doing that work, in so, doing that, yeah. So I was look at it like the proof is in the pudding. If you develop good programs, people. Adopt them, and, exactly. and they sign up for them, and we've had a lot of that. So, I think there's a lot of that work that could be done, and I'm um, actually starting that work right now. You know, whether I win or lose, uh, starting that work with some of our small businesses in in Hopkins, and I uh, got a meeting set up actually with Pete. I talked about Pete Hans at Hans Hardware. Okay. Next week, talking about some energy efficiency, yep. and then after that, we're going to talk about solar. So, it'd be cool if we could get our local hardware store to be energy the efficiency, energy efficiency and, and maybe some uh, renewable energy as well. Does it? Um is that difficult
0: for small business to get into, like to even, you know, start that process as far as going solar,
1: like, uh, like? There's programs out there. Um, yeah. So, like, one of the one of my, part, like, I talked about it in uh, that book that I read about. You know, there's this false narrative between it, its environment versus business. Right. Um, having working with the chamber of commerce with their Energy Smart program, it were that's going to be the site visit with Hans Hardware. Okay. And they've got dollars in their program that they can help out. Um, to help out with those energy efficiency incentives, I work with the utilities, Excel and CenterPoint, talk about what kind of uh, incentives that they can bring to the table. Yeah. So they really play that role of like helping the business out because, you know, I don't mean to keep talking about Pete Hans, no, 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 no. <laughs> but no, he's, yeah. he's running a small city on his own. You know, running trying to run that business and keep supplies coming right. in and you know keep the lights on. Um, and so to have an organization come in, that can help with that administration too, and pr- pull all those programs together. Right. So it's yeah, it's, de- and that's, that definitely is one of the challenges that we see in working with businesses is not only the financial challenge, but the administrative challenge. Right. So we, we try to partner with folks that can come in and provide those resources for people.
0: Well. Hey, y'all, check it out. So this is why, so I'm gonna just kind of intervene. So, yeah, so this is kind of why, um, as y'all know, I you know I don't do politics. I don't ever, you know what I'm saying, do, do too much of that shit. I never do that on my social media. But just listening to him right now, man, if y'all ain't sold, like how much is this is gonna help our city, uh, Hopkins, all right, um, bringing all this in. Um, he really cares, man. And this is why he pulled me in when I we, saying like I ran into him. I uh, just, I'm saying re- retract. So that's why. But just listening to you right now and you know what I'm saying, just seeing how much Like it, it makes me feel good that we're having this conversation, and that you're so passionate about it, right? Because it shows me what the future can be—not even just for me, but for our kids. You know what I mean? If we continue down, going down this, and I hope you guys are listening and pass this on, man.
1: Yeah, and I always like to come at issues from uh, an abundance model. Right. Don't come at it from. I I try not to come at it from a scarcity model. Right. you know where the where I, we developed this program was actually working with uh, dry cleaners. Okay. Um, in Minneapolis, is uh, there was there's a chemical called Perk that's used in the dry cleaning process. It's a solvent. It's a hazardous, cancer causing chemical, and. We we're looking at ways to get rid of that in the dry cleaning industry. starting looking around at different cities, and right. there was a lot at like New York, Philadelphia, some other areas tried to have just come in with rules, right? Because they they came at that approach of like business versus the environment, right? Right, so right, right. They tried to come in with strictly rules saying this is going to be illegal. Well, what you're doing when you set that rule, you're effectively putting that small business out of business. Yeah, that that's 150, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar capital investment that that business has to make. Right. So you're creating a rule that's putting some out of business. So what happened in those other places is it all got, they couldn't make the rule because the industry came in for good reason right. and stopped them from making those rules. So in Minneapolis, in the programs that we started, we said, let's get some funding together, help these businesses make the transition. Right. Let's pull in partners. We worked with community organizations. We worked with nonprofits who all put in little pots of money and leveraged funding right. so that we could one by one go through and get rid of perk in the dry cleaning industry. As we did that, we found that, you know, we had concerns about perk. We started doing testing when we did the conversions. Right. The workers in those places were getting exposed to eight to nine times the it's called the acute value. Right. So the the amount of chemical that is immediately dangerous to someone's health. Right. We yeah. found eight to nine times that in some of the dry cleaners. So right we were being told that it there, it wasn't an issue, you know, by folks the in the industry. Little, right. But when we went in, we found, and one of the really eye opening moments for me was when I walked in to a counter, you know, and I was looking at it like, oh, these levels of perk, we've got to get rid of this. It's, you know, theoretically, it's, you know, affecting people's health. Right. And a pregnant woman came to the counter and I was just like, oh my God, I wasn't even thinking about of the effects that that was effects on her child right you know like the, the the exposure amounts you know if that's in you know in her blood yeah and like yeah. What, what, what does that do to the child and so like that was really an eye-opening a personal moment where i was just like we've got to get this right taken care of you know and so we went around we got all of the dry cleaners switched away we became the first city in the country to change away from perk and that's when we kind of road tested that concept of like. Hey, let's go in and help the businesses make this change. So now, as we're talking about bigger issues, instead of restricting them and yeah. and cutting them out, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And I mean, to be honest, you, you go into a lot of a lot of rooms if you're working with small businesses, you know. There's this there's this idea that oh, that's you know, it's the business making a lot of money, and we're just the public servants. Well, it's like a lot of times we're going into those rooms. We're making we make more money than the folks that are owning those businesses. Right. So you know, to step off that soapbox. Yep, it, you know, and to step down and say, "Hey, what are your challenges? What what can we do to help you make this change that's better for you, that's better for our community, better for your business?" Right, because it all triggers. It's all ripple yeah. effect. So, right,
0: yeah, man, that's that's nuts, man. I like how you guys. uh you know how you approach that, as far as hey, we're not gonna come in here and put all these, you know, requirements and these law in these uh, restrictions in pretty much because I don't think people understand. Like you just said, you got to see it from, you know, everything's ripple effect, right? Like if we get rid of that business or if that business can't function anymore and they got to close down, that affects everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just. Um, all the way up to you to the city, right? Yeah,
1: so, now what's that person doing is, what are they doing that they're out of work? Right. They're, you know what I mean? And like, what are, Yeah. What are the ripple effects with their family, right. and we talked about the impacts of just that we had in our own family. You know, right. with, with, but if you put someone out of business, you know, that's... so. I like how you were talking about how, you know, how we
0: look at business versus environment, right? So one thing that we talked about before that you kinda um, brought some light to me when I was like, hey, you know, the rail system's coming into, oh, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? And yeah. I, you know yeah. I was talking about that. I didn't even look at it, the positives of it, right? right. Cause I was just like, well, shit, man, is this gonna bring more, more crime here? You know It's mean? gonna be more accessible to the inner city, you know what I'm saying, to, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, to, you know, other places, right? So, right. um you know, but I didn't. I didn't really think of it like that. Like, no, this is going to connect everything in a more positive way, and a more, you know, what I mean, like for the economy and for uh, for businesses and all that, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I think. I mean, if I look at the. I always like to look at our history. I mean, that's one thing that I when living in Vanuatu too is like the whole culture there was. Uh, it really looked back at at, the, at its history, you know. Right. It's like and that and that brought you to today, And right. we, don't, we don't tend to think of think of things that way as much in the United States, um, but in Hopkins. It, it, we do pay attention to our history. You know, people love the history of Hopkins. So if right. you go back and look at the history, we started out as a bustling city on a train line. We were a market. Yeah, we were a mar- we were a market hub. We were one of the highest, if not the highest, population center in the West Metro. Oh, wow. I, I did not know all that. And so we started out as a market city on a train line. And you know, the trolley, trolley line came through here. And so it's, it's part of our history. And so this LRT coming in here to me is like, it's bringing us back to our roots. It's just the modern, right? Yeah. And so but it's bringing economic development. And it's bringing, you know, jobs and people here so they can spend money. Yeah. And saying that I'm not a Pollyanna, you know, like, you're gonna bring more people in here. I don't care if it's uh, you know Hopkins, or if it's a State Fair, and right. you've got more people coming and going. You're going to have more need for service, right? More more incidents that are going to happen, and so you're going to need more support for your police department, for your fire yep. department here in yep. Hopkins. That's Hopkins Run, um, and then working with your partners at the in uh, the Metro Transit uh, uh, Metro Police right. um, and the Transit Line, and having coordinated efforts there, and so. Yeah, I think it's um, coming in with eyes wide open, as right. far as like that, there's gonna be impacts of it, but over, overwhelmingly overall, it's, it's gonna be positive for Hopkins. And so, it's connecting us to, I think it's 60,000 jobs along the wow. along the rail line. Uh, and then there, because of the developments going on, on along the rail line, they're right. predicting another 16,000 jobs. So like, that, that's good for Hopkins. Overall, it's good for Hopkins, and we just need to have our eyes wide open.
0: Wow. Um, so, does that bring? So that rail coming in, does that just bring in more funding to Hopkins itself? Like as far as to to, to help with those other things, right? Yeah, like?
1: it does. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, you look at right now. There's a billion dollars in developments going on along the the rail line. Okay. Um, and so those bring high value per acre sites to Hopkins. Gotcha. And you know we pay some of the highest taxes in the the metro area. If it, it, the I didn't know that till you said it that day, but yeah, yeah. The highest in the West Metro and some of the highest in the state. And you know, that's coming from a person like, I'm not a no taxes person. I, you know, I believe if you wanna have good service, you know, like police, fire, public works, you've gotta have a strong tax right. base. Um, So the way you deal with that in Hopkins, we've got four square miles, you can't build out anymore. Right. And So the way that you deal with that is by building up. And there's obviously a balance that you have in protecting that historical feel of Main Street, that small town feel of Main yeah. Street. But <clears throat> but that LRT corridor gives us a chance to build up while still protecting some of the, the historical aspects of Hopkins that we all love. I mean, why you live here, why I live here. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's, it brings in that high value per acre, it brings in people that can spend money, at our businesses and right. you know keep them afloat Monday through Sunday, you know rather than just trying to count on our restaurants counting on, of, all, right? Yeah, d- all through the week. If you have people living here that are you know I shop every day downtown because I live, yeah, uh, you know a, a block off of Main Street. So I
0: didn't really think of it like I, like I'm not even gonna say here in you. I didn't think of it like as far as that big. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that definitely changed my perspective on it because yeah. Cause like I said, that's just what I'm saying. That's the person that that I thought about when uh, um, when everything did. Uh, um, hang on a second, people. Can you just move? Ah, sorry, y'all. We got a little. What am I do? Nah, yeah, it's just me. Sorry about that, guys. All right, so um, sorry about that little technical difficulties. So, anyways, um, so we're just talking about the real system, right? And and and. How I didn't see it from that perspective. How it's just you know saying it's going to be more, right. more businesses and and definitely a lot better for the for Hopkins itself and for the small businesses. It's up. You know what I'm saying for everybody yeah. for the community. Oh, yeah. So completely.
1: Um, one thing I was no, gonna. Can I add something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So one thing as those developments come in, you know that's and as you know you're watching some of the forum uh, this morning. You're checking that out. Um, is I want to ensure that as those developments take place here in Hopkins right. that we are especially if we're putting public subsidy that we have standards as far as what kinds of developments come in here right. the you know we, we talked about being green what are the sustainable building practices what are the affordable housing uh, you know standards for those buildings that are coming in if we're putting in public subsidy all of this cities along the LRT have those standards in place. You know, we have, there's an argument being made that we have a lot of naturally occurring affordable housing here in Hopkins. Um, But when, as these developments come in, that can, that picture can change pretty quickly. You know, the affordability of our city can change pretty quickly. So as those developments are coming in, what kind of plans do we have in place to be adding bits of affordability 10, 20%, 10 20% while well, we're getting 80 to 90% market rate All you know right. you know people are there paying market rate we'll add pieces of affordability into those developments as they're coming in and an example of that is uh, the cold storage site that's uh, they're looking at development plans right now they have you know 20% of it is affordable they've they're looking at ownership uh, home ownership options for right. uh, for people which we are also short on here in Hopkins so we can't just sit back and and react to developments as they come in one by one. Right, right, Because right. by the time you get down to the decision-making time on a council and, you know, council and the mayor, and that's the role that I would be playing. I'm, right. not, I'm not the city manager, but by the time you get down to that decision-making time, that cake has been baked. Right. You know, if you don't set those standards ahead of time, if you're not asking for those standards to be set out ahead of time, you have very little leverage power. Um, and so that that is one of the things I'm running on too, is like, let's get those plans in place. And they exist out there and we can copy and paste, c- see what works for Hopkins, right. what works best for our community, and what kind of standards we want, and then put those into place. Is that, is that, is that one of the things you were talking about? So like, I was looking at that video,
0: um, does that, just so I understand clearly, for, so I saw in there about as far as like, what would you do for builders that are coming in, right, for mixed income housing, right? Is that yeah. kind of what you were talking about, or yeah. like, how does yeah. that, okay, so how does that really look? Like, for everybody that doesn't really understand exactly. Right. How how that works or how you would make that happen, like how would that
1: work? Yeah, so you you just set that policy ahead of time. Ahead of time. So if we're if we're putting in they call it tax increment financing, so it's a public subsidy for people to come develop in Hopkins. It's a really valuable tool to use. It's it's to help get development in um, you know, first tier, second tier suburbs versus people going out to raw land in Anoka right, or wherever, right. you know, where they don't have to deal with like- Pine City re- or whatever else. Yeah, they that. don't yeah. have to deal with redevelopment. It's It draws developers into- our city, which is great. But then as we're giving some of those public subsidies to say, hey, if you're gonna build, if we're gonna give you this money, we also want you to hit Energy Star certification. So we know that this is an energy efficient building and you're not, you know, it's not expensive for the people that live there with their utilities. And then it's also saving on CO2 for climate change. Uh, With the affordability piece, you said, you know, it's a, maybe it's a 20% affordable, you know, they've gotta hit a 20%. And you can have trade offs with this stuff too. To say, hey, if you wanna do 10% affordable, then we want you to be ultra high efficient. So that's not expensive for people. There's ways that you can, you can have trade offs with, but you have some standards right now. We have no standards in place. So we're just, we're telling <laughs> I was just the, gonna we're, ask you that we're telling the developer, we're saying, Hey, we want you to look at the public good. And then the developer comes back and tells us what they're doing in terms of public good. And then we just go with it, go with it. Yeah. Because it's like, Oh, you know, and that one of the last developments I saw, they came in and they said, they're getting X, Excel and CenterPoint rebates. And everyone was like, oh, well, that's great. They're working with Excel and CenterPoint on rebates and it's super uh, environmentally friendly and sustainable. And it's like, well, if you're putting in an air conditioner at your house, you're getting Excel rebates too. I mean, that's, that's right, not, right. A, you know, it's, like everyone putting anything in is, is going through that program. So like, that's not a standard. We want a standard to say which they build that. And then the same with affordable housing. And then we talked about, you know, Public safety and those kinds of issues, you can build in. What are the lighting standards? What you know, have the police department look at. What right. are the kind of lighting standards that we want in this development? Hey, looking at. Uh Fire response. What are some enhanced enhanced uh, fire response systems that can be built into the building? And then in saying that, that's also more fair to the developer. Right. The developer can go to the bank and say, "Hey, we need to hit this, this, and this." And they can, when they're talking to their architect, they can build that in. And when you're building that in on the front end, that's you did. Yeah. And so it's more fair to them too, and they go get financing. But if you ask them at council time. Right. To make these changes. That makes more sense now. They've already talked to their. They've already talked to their bank. They've already worked with their architects. You're right. asking them to make a hundred thousand dollar change to their project or whatever it is. You know, last like, minute, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and then at that point, they might be like, "Well, we need to pull out," or you know what I mean, like and go they, somewhere else where it's yeah. It's but if you have all those standards ahead of time, that the, you know this is fair. And in in saying this, I would work with developers too to say, "Hey, what you know, what is a fair standard." That can be built because there's developers that do this. They build sustainable buildings all, all the time. time. Yeah. yeah, they build in affordable rates all the time. And I love the aspect of building in affordable into developments right. because there's a lot of research to show that when people living in you know low income situations that need affordable housing are living in areas where they have they can encounter you know it's a community right where they can, they're living with folks of different incomes. You don't have the stigma. They don't live with the stigma of living in a particular development that yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. is a low income development. And that being said, there's still a room for developments that are low income where people need some of those wraparound services. You know I mean? Like you deal a lot with and have conversations a lot with uh, drug addiction right. and you know those kinds of things. All so the time, there's yeah. still space for that. It's just in some of these other developments to build in pieces of affordable affordability as we're building market rate. How is how is that standard like?
0: How is that not being done right now? Like you know what I mean? Because like what you're saying to me right now, like I'm saying, like you tell me this, I'm like, well, that kind of sounds like it. Yeah, it's being done so, in a lot of places. Like something that should be happening. Yeah, right. regardless, right? right like, right. Um, wow, that's crazy. Okay, I mean that's got to be huge. I mean especially for, excuse me, grab this right. Yeah. So like so especially for what you're saying right now, you know what I mean? Like. And me, somebody who's not into politics, who really doesn't, you know what I'm saying, this is the first conversation I've really had like this. So like me listening to you, I'm kind of like, well, why hasn't this been in place before? Like this can benefit everybody, not just, you know what I mean, not just the community itself, but right. in return, like you said, if, if all these things were in place, right? Right. I mean, it, it'd be good for everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: But it, it, it just shocks me, I guess, for, to, to, to know that this isn't happening right now, like in our city, you right. know what I mean? But it's happening everywhere else. Um, what What's kind of stopping for, why has that not been happening? You think, like you know, what I mean, like what, like what's your what's what's your view on that?
1: Um, you know, I think that there's a fear that we're going to drive develop, development away. I think that they think that if we, you know, that we want to. I hear the argument that we want to look at a case by case. So if that, you know, if that particular model doesn't work in this you know, for this particular development that maybe we don't want to do it, maybe we want to do 100% market, all h- market right here. And then this one we want to do 20%. And then th- the thing is, you don't you don't really have that leveraging power. Right. W- if you try to do it one by one and you don't have a standard in place, like I said, by the time you get to the end of that line, like the, yeah, y- right. you may feel like you're sitting in council and you're making a decision on this, but you're really saying it's yes or no. You right. know what I mean? Like you don't have much negotiation power at that point. Right. When, but when, by the time the cake is baked and so that, I mean, yeah, that's how I come at it is I, I hear that argument that people are saying is that they want to do it case by case, but I don't think you have the the power to make that influence doing it case by case.
0: Right. but well, I think it'd be better too just to have that standard set. Yeah. I mean, from the get, It's fair. I to mean, everyone. that's just, that's just the way we do business here in Hopkins and that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Right. Um, okay.
1: Um, and it's been done elsewhere. It's not like we're, the bleeding edge on that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's other, there are examples of successful developments in other areas that we can look to that says that there are developers. And my worry is that I don't want to be drawing developers that don't care about standards. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I don't want Hopkins to be the place where, Oh, that's where you go. If you can just, you don't have to pay for business. Yeah. Right. I mean, the long run. Right. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, So, while we're talking about that, so like property tax, like I didn't know that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I didn't know that till you said it, and right. I went back into the house and I was talking to the wife about it, and she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Fuck!" Well, I didn't know that. Right. Like, and and the reason that shocked me is because you know even you said that's even being surrounded by you know very wealthy neighbors, and right. like you know for a lot of people, for a lot of my listeners out there um, that aren't from Minnesota, you know Hopkins is 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 a wealthy um, area, but there's a lot more wealthy areas all surrounding it, nestled. Right. In Right around it, um, right. so it's kind of shocking to even know that we pay yeah. the highest, right. or you know, what I'm saying, yeah. um, part of tax. Why is that?
1: Yeah. So, some, I mean, some of that, j- just to be fair, some of that comes from the fact that we are a small town, right. small area. We're trying to, you know, with not a lot of development up, you right. know, not a lot of high value per acre sites already, right. you know, that we're trying to provide service within that territory. So, part of that is is that challenge. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to look at, you know, what I I, I have experienced managing a $5 million budget, that was when I inherited it, it was very heavily tax subsidized, right. and coming up with ways to bring in revenue through grant funding through, uh, we call cost recovery. So it's like when you're going out and providing service, are you getting fees back for that service? I'll give you an example of that. You know, if you have the fire marshal going out, and it's gonna take them, and I'm just making this up, but right. if it's gonna take them three days to inspect a uh, 150 unit building, because they gotta inspect every unit in that building. Right. Are our fees that we're charging for that, are they covering that cost? Are you uh, paying for that as gotcha. a taxpayer, right, or is the building owner who needs to do that as part of business paying for that, right? You know, and that's coming from some. I own a, a rental property here in Hopkins. I'll pay more for you know you have me on record. Right. <laughs> I'll pay more for if they have a service, you know, for the rental license that they need to come in and it's gonna and to cover their time and doing that inspection and the back and forth communication and all of that. I want to make sure that we have adequate fees for our service. So right. that's one way to to address. Address that, and then the other way is you know, we talked about these high value per acre developments. These developments that come in right if they don't want to, if they don't want our tax subsidy, they don't want our TIF financing, they just want to do a development. Great, get build your building and get on our tax rolls, and then we can provide service to that supports our fire department, that p- supports our police department. Right. Um, and by the way, and I'm going to keep uh, saying this over and over again, but you know, I really have a lot of respect for the city of Hopkins staff. Okay. Um, they wear a ton of hats. Yeah, sounds like um, it. They, you know, you have people in the city of Hopkins that are covering roles that an entire division covers in minneapolis right um you know and so and that goes for everyone down to public works you know the the guy that uh i think it's robert taylor that the bob taylor that does the uh plows the streets he's out there doing uh planting trees in the summer he's spraying weeds they just play so many roles and so i just have a ton of respect for uh, the talent and, yeah. and the and the effort of city staff. So I'm in no way like knocking, you know, city of Hopkins staff, I think they do amazing work. But they got a huge workload too, though, to go yeah, with Yeah, they got it. a huge workload. So I don't look <laughs> at, I don't think the answer, we can't cut our way out of this. Right. We can't cut our way out of the uh, cut services. I want to maintain services. I want to keep a Hopkins led. Full-time fire department. It, it, right now, it is a lot of volunteer help. And as we grow, they need a model where it's a full-time fire department. The police department is going to be responding to more calls as this development, as these, right. these developments come in. So, like, how do we support them? And then one of my pieces, and we can talk about this too, is like getting out and doing more community outreach all yep. around, and making sure we're a connected community. Okay. Um, and so they're gonna that takes resources, that takes time. You know, of course. You, can, you know, uh, as I work with, uh, you know, I've worked in the political environment a lot, and um, you know, and I've worked at it from a staff angle, and. Um, you know, you're always asked to do things that cost money, and you know they people don't <laughs> want to spend money to do it. Yeah. So you've got to come, you've got to figure out how to realistically do that, how to have a balance, how to balance your budget needs, and then, you know, part of it too is only spending money when that money comes in. When, yeah. Uh, you know, is, is to ha- make sure that when those buildings come off, well, I talked about that TIFF financing. Sorry if I'm getting too long. No, right. no, Some no, no, no. Okay. So as it, it's tip better part, to explain it for some. Of, you know what I'm saying?
0: Because like yeah. I don't understand. Like some of this stuff is all new to me too. You know what I mean? Right. So, so yeah. hearing you explain it is, 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 You know what I'm saying? Great for me.
1: Right. So if there's projects, you know, just like in your own budget, if there's projects that we need to, you need to hold off on, and so you have the money that's coming in, that's what we do. Is we just wait. You know, it's not saying that we can't. You know, fix a certain problem, replace some, yeah. uh, some garage doors on public works, and just make sure that we have the money for it that year and uh, that we're not getting into this like, really heavily borrowing. Cause the other side of this is that we have some of the highest debt too. So we keep taking on more really? debt for projects. Yeah, and so it's just, it's worrisome. Uh, and we've gotta get that figured out. And I have experience managing those kinds of complex budgets. It's gonna take time and effort to work this all out, but I have experience in, in understanding all the different pieces. Right. Yeah. Well, so like
0: for me doing some of the research I just did on you, um, you know, and, and, and I, we we talked a little about this the other day, but I did a little more research just watching the video of uh, Steely, the guy that you know, saying that you that, okay. that, that, that you're running against, and um, hearing you and hearing your experience already that you've already worked on that level on a bigger level for the community, so you know how to deal with those bigger projects, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I was kind of listening to him, and I was kind of like, well, I just couldn't get, I couldn't understand what he was bringing to the table as far as like for the for the community itself, mm-hmm. um, you know. But the reason I bring that up is because. Hearing you talk, it's not like, "Hey, I ran my family's business, and now I'm ready to run the city." You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, so you've already worked on that stage, you've already worked on that on yeah. that platform, dealing with all these different plans or, um, um, you know, uh, different issues that you know what I'm saying that a city needs. Um, so it's not like you're just coming into this uh, brand new and kind of on a whim and hoping you kind of get it right the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, I see that you got a plan with it. So, all right. So, so let's talk about. You just said you wanted to go back into uh, or expand a little bit further on um, community outreach. Like, right. what did you mean by that? And like,
1: yeah. So, I mean, that is one area that you know, if you look at Hopkins, we are forty percent non-white. Okay. Um, and forty. You said forty-nine. Forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah. And so, in that diversity, doesn't show up in a lot of community meetings, a lot of community events, right? Um, and in in staffing. You know, and so how do you? We need to make a lot, take a lot of intentional effort, right, uh, in relationship building right. to to get that back under. Uh, under control or do a better job of- Of involving everybody, right? Yeah, inclu- diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. Um, and in, really in more political terms. What's that?
0: It's <laughs> a more political
1: term. Right. right, yeah. Yeah, but no,
0: no, but but I understand what you're saying. So like, um, so as far as right now, like, so you're saying it's the diversity in the, in, the, in the actual is just not, is just not,
1: yeah, I mean, go to a go to a Hopkins community meeting, and you know, it's it, it it's not going to be forty percent non-white, right? Um, you know, and so that means that we're we need to do a better job of reaching out to our communities, yeah. Um, and that's another area that I have um, a lot of experience in. Is I've worked in the city. I don't know if you I can I can send you some of that, but I've done a lot of work around environmental justice. Yeah. So I talked about those business improvement programs. We have programs that are set up in two areas called green zones okay. north Minneapolis and south Minneapolis yep. and those are areas that if you look at historical you know segregation practices redlining uh, lease covenants that drove folks into those into those areas. If you look at air quality burdens, racial, economic burdens, disparities. If you look at you know housing standards, you know where yeah. lower housing standards, lead poisonings. I mean, you get you overlap all that stuff. It's all in those same communities. So I worked on a commit that green zones committee for three years, okay. uh, and working with community in defining those areas. I mean, the data kind of, draw they draw themselves. Of course, yeah. But yeah. So we came, came up with those areas, and then we have intentional investments in those communities, so everyone gets the opportunity to get, inve- you know, like the small businesses to get some of the grants. Yeah. There's just a higher priority in those areas, so yeah. it's not saying that other people, that not everyone can get it, but in those areas, there was an intentional, um, intentional racism that was going on in those communities for decades. And so we're going to have intentional programs to, yeah. To help combat it. And it's, you know, I'm not saying we're going to solve racism with uh, that, you know, but of course not. Right. But it's having some, it's it's a step forward. Yeah. Intentional, intentional programs and then intentional relationship building too. And so going into the community, sitting down, having coffee, eating together, having conversations um, and you know, what, What are folks in the community wanting? What are they needing? And I think you know, out of those, that's probably a more important piece is is the relationship building, and you know, understanding where people are coming from. That you know, what are they expecting out of you? And then you know, and then they know you. You know, coming into the into the community as you know someone that they can reach out to. Right. Um, And so yeah, so that's one thing. I mean, I'm very versed in going into a room in North Minneapolis where I'm the only. I'm the white dude from the government. You know what I mean? And like just having the conversations. And North Minneapolis, hey, if y'all don't know North Minneapolis, (laughs) I Google (laughs) it. So, you know, and just being comfortable in those spaces. And like I said, I mean, I think that Peace Corps experience kind of helped me out with that too. It was like just being, you know, okay with... An uncomfortable situation, right? And realizing how people view you too, because I, I represent something to folks in the community. You know, that if they haven't met me yet, you know, an understanding that what that I'm coming into that conversation, then that's what I represent. And so, we've got to learn to see each other as people, yeah. Right? And so, I think we need in Hopkins. Uh, to to be doing more of that, you know, and sitting down, eating together. And, and I love I sh- hearing that, man. I should say too, is that I think our police department, yeah. it has done some great work in this. Our fire department is doing great re- great work. I was gonna talk in, to and, you a little and, about that, but we'll hit that up. Yeah, in, in outreach. And so, you know, it's a, it, the Hopkins police culture is the Hopkins police culture. I don't wanna yeah. like go around comparing it to other, you know, Police departments, like they are doing a great job in outreach, and I want to support that. You know, I met with uh, Ann Buck last week, and she's she's working with property owners. She's working with uh, she's a police officer in the in the Hopkins Police Department, uh, working with property owners, working with renters, trying to organize them, bring them together around issues. You know, it's just going out and making those connections with people. Um, you know, cause I think we talked about this before, like I, I get so, you know, talking about business versus the environment, how yeah. that's a fake narrative. Um, but this whole, and not, I shouldn't say fake, but you know, there's real reasons for the, the, no, conf- I, yeah, the, the, the conflict. Yeah, I understand But like right. this whole thing where we've been divided into, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement or the thin blue line. Yeah. And it's like, it's best for everyone if we're working together, we're talking together. Instead of be divided, yeah. Yeah, and there's examples in communities if you go out there, if you if you go out and look where you know the the chiefs of police were sitting down with folks in Black Lives Matter and trying to you know work things out and you know and I think our police chief is there right. you know to be to be looking at how do we work with folks in the community how do we you know whether it's a Somali community the Latinx com- uh, community you know is really building those relationships and. Like we said before, that takes time. That takes money, of course. And so, I, you know, coming into this position in a leadership role would want to be supporting that from a political level.
0: Well, even just to see that being recognized, um, you know, <clears throat> it's recognized all the time, right? Like, but I think a lot of people are just all talk about it, right? But I know I'm sitting down talking, you know, and, I know, and I've talked before. I can tell you the, the how genuine you are about, you know, what I'm saying getting that done and getting and bringing everybody to the table. We talked about this also, how like, you know, like when I left, when I left, you know, for the army back in 2000. Um, there wasn't that many African Americans, or you know what I'm saying, or just African, you know what I'm saying? Families in in the Hopkins area, you know what I mean? Or even St. Louis Park. But like there wasn't that many. Now, I'm saying, I come back now, 20, 21 years, 20 plus years later, and um, to see the diversity in Hopkins like right. makes my heart feel good, man. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yes. like seeing seeing the amount of Somalis there and seeing, you know, just more African Americans, more Asians and more yeah. you know, it 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 just kinda makes me feel good to where from when I left Hopkins and yeah. it was kinda like you walked around like, you know, do I belong here type thing? But now I think it, is, it does cool. have that community feel where everybody's accepted and to let you know what I'm saying, it's very diverse, it's more open to everybody. Um, and I, I've seen that firsthand myself, you know what I mean, just yeah. well, just since your, I've been
1: back. In your opinion matters more right. in, in that area, you know? And so that's good to hear you say that. I mean, and that is one of the reasons I moved to Hopkins too, is I love the realness of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a real community. You know, we, we deal with uh, the, the, the diversity um, you know, that is going on in the United States. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like we, we aren't separated, we're, you know, but I just want to see more of that working together.
0: Well, for anything to work, for anything to work and for anything to improve, um, you know, everybody has to come to the table with an open mind. Everybody has to come to the table ready to, uh, right, ready to find a solution in, in, instead of, you know what I'm saying? Um, Continue to be part of the problem, I guess, but um, that's what I like. I, lo- I like hearing that. I like that you were wanting everybody to come to the table and have a conversation, yeah. and have this, you know, a, a way for Hopkins, you know, and that's a way for Hopkins to even lead the way for everybody else. Yes. I think you know what yeah, I mean yeah, for everybody involved, uh, surrounding,
1: right? Yeah. And, well, and celebrate it, right? Right. Like fact. it's a beautiful thing. That, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm going I'm to go talk to the Somali community uh, tonight over on uh, Excelsior and, and Blake, and yeah. like, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate our Somali community in Hopkins. Right. Let's celebrate our diversity and really be be proud of that because it is a cool aspect of Hopkins.
0: Well, that, well I think that's the only way for a community to, to to thrive and, and, and uh, survive, right? right. I, you know what I'm saying, is by, is, is, is by everybody coming together. Right. Um, and I've definitely seen, like I said, I've seen that in Hopkins, man. Um, you know, matter of fact, I tell that to the wife all the time, like how things are just a little more different here, you know what I mean? And, right. um, you know, seeing that and hearing that from you, I think that's dope, I think that's amazing, and how are you getting that message out though to the people, like you know what I mean? To, um, you know, like you and I talked about the other day, and I think this is why I wanted you on so much, because one, Hopkins in St. San Park area is my, you know what i saying, that's where I grew up, so like I right. consider yeah. that, you know, um, a very important piece for me to bring to the table, you know what I mean? I don't want to right. do politics, but like I said, having you on here and, and just talking like this, I think it's, it's great for people out there that aren't in politics, but right now, you know, maybe can hear this message either through whoever. Yeah. But how do they? How do they know what you're trying to do? Like, how do they know? Hey, if this guy gets elected, I'm gonna have a, a voice. I'm gonna have. I mean, right. Not that they don't have a voice now. Yeah. No. I, but I think no, it. But you get what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, how do they? How are they gonna find that out? And how? You know. What, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that you going to neighborhoods and actually talking to people, or is that, hey, saying, hey, let's come and, you know, talk about X, Y, and Z in the community? Right. Like, what what's all that? Like, what's the big grand pick, uh, vision for you when you do become mayor?
1: Right. Um, you know, so I try to get that out in my messaging and right. in, in having this conversation. And yeah, I think it's a lot of intentional relationship building. Right. It's getting out and building relationships with leadership in the community, with folks in the community. You right. know, and I always talk about, too, is like, meeting people where they're at. Um, so the uh, I have a, I'm working with uh, Jen Westmoreland Bouchard in the Hopkins the School Board, I'd like to have closer connections there. I just last week, I just met with the uh, community liaisons with the Hopkins schools. Um, and so using those relationships too to go out and meet people is just constantly meeting people. I mean, the, the way that we connect again, you know, from my Peace Corps experience is Doing simple things together is when right. we, we work together. You know, is to have to when we uh, go drink coffee together. Yeah. When we eat together, we do those simple break bread, th- man. Yeah, break bread. So yeah. we, we go do those simple things together, and that's how we that's how we connect as people, um, and to know and start to build trust. And that that trust takes time, um, and, and that intentional relationship building. And then another thing, and I mean to keep keep going back to my no, previous it, yeah. experience, but I mean, I um, mean, yeah. Yeah, is I, I don't. You know, we were always taught: don't come at things, don't ever come at things from a sympathy, pity, white guilt, you know, perspective. Like you come at it from what is the human, the human struggle, right. you know? Like how do we? So how do we have a conversation together about you know what you're facing in your community, um, no matter where you are in Hopkins, and what's the struggle you're facing, and how do we work together as a as a human struggle right. to to address that in your in, in your community in our community. You know, how do, we, how do we address that? And so, and like I said, I think that's simple things. I would love to see, you know, more community events, maybe around like, we found like doing like tree plantings, gardening, yeah. you know, those things where you're working together, it's not sitting in a boardroom, um, you know, because I, I like having those sessions where, you know, there's, there's feedback and listening sessions and all that. But I think sometimes that's m- more meant for the people that are not listening to their perspectives of, of community, but yeah. like, how do you go out and actually, you know, have looser conversations around it and, and things that connect.
0: Well, I think because a lot of people might feel like their voice isn't even, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people might just kind of feel like that. I think it, um, it's like, does my voice even matter? You know what right. I mean? Or does that person that's actually holding that office even really care about my voice? You know what I mean? Right. You know, but I think doing stuff like you're saying, like you know, getting out there and actually doing stuff with right. the community, you know, that, that is the actions to the words, you know what I mean? So like words can definitely, you know, be ho- hollow words, right, empty. Right. So um, I think it's dope that you're even thinking that far ahead as far as, you know what I'm saying, some of the things that you wanna do like that because that just shows the genuine, you know what I'm saying, the, the genuine message that you're trying to put out and uh, that you're, re- you know I'm saying, that you're being real, hey, like, hey, let's all do this together, like what, you know what I'm saying, and, and, at, and at the same time, I think that gives you an opportunity, right, to kind of like, like you said, hear the real, the real issues, you know, yeah, because they're not in front of a board, you know, what I'm saying board or whatever. They're not right. having to bring these issues under bad circumstances. You know, what I'm saying this is an opportunity for them to kind of talk to the, you know, what I'm saying to the person who right. is actually going to listen, right? Right. Well,
1: and I work for them, right? Like, right. If I get into this role, I work for a them. lot of people. So, forget that message, yeah, though, yeah, Pat. Yeah, like, yeah, you know I what don't mean? hold the power. You hold the power, right? You know, and so yeah, going out and. You know, if I don't follow up on these things, if I don't do these things, vote me out Right, right <laughs> and the, right, and the right. next round, you know, is like you hold the power. Right. Um, and, and I work for you in this, in in this position. Um, but yeah, having those, having those, um, those personal connections, and this isn't easy. Right. You know, if this were if this were easy, it would be we wouldn't be talking about it. It would yeah, be yeah. solved, you know, because there's a lot of people that are trying in this trying hard in this area. And so but I really think it starts with that, that intentional relationship building
0: 100 110% man. You know, that's one of the things. Also, not um, not to kind of go back off, but like when I came back, um, you know, seeing the police involvement in the community, man, I was like, like, like I don't know how many times since I've been home that I've mentioned that to the wife. In fact, where I was like, man, the the cops are always out here, and and they're they're always involved. They're always wanting to talk. They're always, you know what what I mean? They're not harassing. They, you know what I mean? They're just. What and I tell us to the wife all the time? They're doing what cops are supposed to be doing, right? Like, like yeah. policing the neighborhood, and they just you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not going out looking for trouble. Right. They're not trying to fabricate anything. You know, from what I've seen, just from my experience. I mean, I can't speak for anybody for anybody else's, but. That's the reason I bring that up because how you were talking about the engagement even with, you know what I'm saying, just the police and you know what I mean, how, right, they, right. how they were doing that. I have firsthand seen that myself where, you know, like I said, they're just driving around, man, and they'll stop and just, you know what I'm saying, bullshit with you if you, you know what I'm saying, if you, if you, if you, if yeah, you yeah. want to, but they're always out there, right? you know what I'm saying, doing exactly what cops are supposed to be doing, man, and that's just, you know, making sure you're safe and you know what I'm saying, you're good to go. So I think
1: that's dope. Yeah, and that's a, I mean, that's a public safety strategy too, right? I mean, right. it's, it, you have those relationships, you know when, like they know when they go into community hey, I don't know this guy. Right. You know, I haven't seen this guy here before. I don't, you know, like if they know people in the neighborhood, they know what's right. normal and what's not, you know? And so, yeah. Have you, so like, as far as coming up on, um, you
0: know, as you were looking over some of the issues you wanted to tackle, um, you know, for me coming back here, obviously, you know, with everything that happened last year, how is that working now? It, is that st- <laughs> is that difference between you know like law enforcement stuff kind of still here in the city or is it not as 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 evident as as it is out in minneapolis area just because of the way the police are you know what i mean like yeah So, so
1: no it's it's good to hear you say that because that that is my impression too is like hopkins police culture it's a little it's, different. It's a little different. And right. It's it's great. It's great. Right. You know, and it's I, I've just had so many interactions with their. I've seen their de-escalation. I've seen some you know really difficult situations on my own block, right. um, and we'll get into the details of that. But where they just de-escalated a situation where I right. think in you know some other folks may have gone in and tackled someone and you know, right. uh, and, and got into like a physical alteration. They just let the person you know made sure that they couldn't harm themselves or anyone else, but just let it right. de-escalate. You know. I was really impressed with that. I've seen them react really quickly to situations where they needed to, right. where someone was, uh, saw someone harassing uh, a, a person at uh, Monkey Beans, uh, uh, the barista there, right. I called the, called the police, and by the time I hung up the phone and walked out to the phone, they were already there. They, they they had the dispatch on as I was calling, yeah. and they were already there. By the time I hung up the phone, I was like, that is amazing. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, so I'm, just, I'm really impressed with Hopkins police, um, impressed with Hopkins, uh, Fire department right. and the, the amount of responsiveness. And I want to keep that. I didn't know. I didn't know that the fire department was a volunteer. It's. Did you say volunteer? Did I catch yeah, that right? They, yeah, they have full time members, but they have a lot of volunteers that they rely on to to complete the service. Really? Um, yeah, and so you know, there's. Is that because city funding or, or I like? Re- I would rely on Chief Speckin. You know, he's a, I don't know if you know him, but he's a, he's one. No, nah, st- but I'd like to get him on if you can hook yeah, that up. that would be great. No, that would be great. He's. Uh, no, being seriously, if you can get him on, that'd be dope. Yeah, no, he's a legend in, in Hopkins and uh, so I'd rely on him for, you know, what that looks like. Um, but I certainly support going to a full-time fire department. And especially, I love that they take on, you know, they're taking on a lot of those, uh, with the fire marshal, taking a lot of the inspection role on. Yeah. And then they also do these safety checks with people, which is really cool. Um,
0: what does that mean for the city, as far as um, if you were looking to make it a full-time like fire department? Like, what does that look as far as for the city it besides? Yeah. So, like, honestly, what what is the difference,
1: and you know, what yeah. does that look like? Is that going to be more money for them? Yeah. So th- that's going to cost money, right? right? So, and it's all this balance of as you, um, you know, we're talking about taxes. Yeah. We talk about you know cost recovery. It's like balancing all these things out. But as we grow, as we get more people here you know, how do you start adding on pieces? And what's that plan look like? And asking the fire department, I mean, that's the thing with all the, when I'm talking about plans, that's not me coming up with the plans. Right. It's sitting down with all the different departments and say, hey, what's your plan? What's what's the plan in place? And they've got 90% of that figured out. They just need political leadership, <laughs> need leadership to be saying like, this is important to us. We want this figured out and we've, We'll give you political backing. Yeah, you know, on on coming up with these different strategies. Is that the one? Is that like one of the things that you sat down with the
0: chief that maybe has come up? Like, hey, yeah. you know, it'd be nice if we.
1: Yeah, that's not coming from me. That's that's right, it. right. It's yeah, chief's back and saying, you know, this is the difficulty that we, that we have. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, and so I support that. You know, and I imagine he said that to the you know current mayor and right, and other, right, and other folks too. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's very interesting. That I
0: one, I didn't know that, and, and two, that's interesting. uh, You know. That um, That's gonna be one of the things you're gonna be tackling. I think that's pretty dope. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. Right. Um, but does, so now how does that, how will that affect like the volunteers? Like, is that kind of like an option thing? Like, hey, you can either go full time now?
1: Like, yeah, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. 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 I yeah so, it, I, and like I said, I imagine that there would still be a role for some volunteers. For some aspect. volunteers. Yeah. It's just getting more of the core service full time. Right. Um, man, okay. So we tackled a couple of issues,
0: man. Right. Um, is there anything else that you, you know what I'm saying, that, 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 is, um, that maybe we I missed or uh, you missed? What do you wanna see in Hopkins? Honestly, I'm seeing it, man. Like, I mean, like I said, this is coming from somebody who, who left, you know what I'm saying, 20 yeah. years ago. Right. So uh, some of this stuff that we're talking about, um, you know, as far as the real, like I didn't know, like I said that, I didn't know that, but I didn't know about the taxes, you know what I'm saying, about the property, property taxes being the highest of it. Um, but I'll be honest, I mean, for me, being gone twenty years, it, it's like I, I fast and I did I fast forward you know what I mean into kind of like, like what you got envisioned. I think is what I kind of was hoping would happen. You know, back twenty years ago. Cool, that's And I'm seeing some of those things now. Yeah. Um, but now at the age that I'm at, now that I'm coming back here and I'm a resident here, seeing some of these other things being tackled as an adult. And yeah. you know what I mean, and seeing some of these things that actually matter as far as the diversity and bringing everybody to a table. Right. Um, to me, that's. I, th- I think it's the most important thing. I mean, I think it's the most important thing above anything else. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think from there is how you build the community. It's how you survive it, man. At the end of the day, and that's how. I think once everybody gets brought to the table, you find the issues. It's easier to, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, obviously, the other things are totally, you know, separate as far as the the, you know, um, you working on the builders, uh, you know, on getting that standard set for you know um, 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 income. Yeah. Right. Uh, so affordability. Yeah, affordability. So, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? I think that's a whole different thing than what I'm talking about. But that also is, is huge for the city, you know what I mean? For the people, for the right. people. Right. Um, so, I I'm seeing what I you know wished I would've saw 20 years ago, but now I'm, I'm ready to see your vision, to be honest. like You know what I'm saying? Get some of those for real, man. Get some of those things together. To like I said, I'd never brought you on here, man, if I didn't feel very passionate about it. Yeah, um, You know, and I think it's important for a lot of my, you know, um, a lot of my family and friends, you know what I'm saying, that are from Hopkins, you know what I mean, that a lot of us don't, you know, may not pay attention to, you know, to your, you know, to your campaign right now. You know what I mean? But right. I think this brings a lot of light to it. And like, hey, so many things matter. And if you don't act, and I think that's what happens, people forget is that, you know, you can't bitch if you're not going to fucking you know, try to be part of the solution, right? So, right. like, you know, and you got to remember, man, you got to, you know what I'm saying, you got to work up, right? So, like, if you want things to change, start now. Like, right. list, listen and, you know what I mean? And, like, take. Take uh heed on what you're saying and, 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 and listen to all that. So I like like I said to man, I did some research on steel, um, you know, before you know what I'm saying, kinda yeah. kinda see what was Yeah. See what you were up uh yeah. up against and and, you know, make sure that, you know, I wasn't missing something. And like I said to you and I'll say it again, man, and I'll say it right here, is that I don't see anything that he's bringing to the table that that interests me at all. Like as far as um, there was no clarity on anything that he was saying, you know what I mean. Like his plans is, you know, I could care less what what bowling league you're the president of, or um, you know, if you're the president of your own company, that really means nothing to me. It's, it's like what have you? What are you? Been, what are you going to do for the community? You know what I mean? Like what are you going to do for my city? What are you? How are you going to help our city survive and 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 thrive?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. that's the bigger picture. You yeah, know what that, and
1: I should say this too is like I come into this like I have. You know, I have a lot of experience in these different areas and I feel like, and that's great to hear you say what you just said, um, is trying to, yeah, I believe that the way that we, I love Hopkins, you love Hopkins. Well, yeah, man. That's, yeah. that's why that's yeah. why we live here. Right. And the way that you protect that thing that you love is by leaning into it, right? right. It's by leaning into that leadership, by, you know, setting plans, by setting a direction, saying this is important to us, this right. is where we stand. This is, you know, that, and that's really what I, you know, my leadership is all about uh, in, in talking about the other two candidates i have nothing against them zero right you know I, I don't have any personal you know issue with them we just we have very different visions of you know what hopkins looks like and you know sam his you know his his volunteer experience is great you know sitting on uh, some of the committees that he right. sat on uh, Jason as well He's sat on council he's been in the mayor's position and you know that those are this is a volunteer position really I mean it's right. a, a $10,000 a year that's considered a second job so I think they tax it at like 50% right, you know right. get $5,000 out of it Jeez. when it's all said and done I didn't know and that it, okay. and, it's, and it's like 20 to 30 hours a week after my regular job which I don't think was uh, easy to begin with right. uh, you know and so I'm I'm taking on a lot of responsibilities so are they you know and of they're, course, and they're doing it because they love the city so no one is coming into this with like personal personal, you know, selfish, no, you selfish reasons or anything like that. And so I don't have anything against those two. In fact, as soon as, you know, this is all over, hopefully, you know, I think we're, we're set up well to win if I'm, if I'm going by uh, the amount of support in the community that I'm getting and, uh, and lawn signs that are out there yeah. and like that, you know, things are going very, very well for our campaign. And, you know, after some time. I'll be sitting down with both of them and say, how do we incorporate, you know, they're part of, of this course, community, yes. like how do we incorporate what you wanted to see in this community, what you love about this community, how do we work together and how do we, you know, help make that happen? Yeah,
0: man, I think that's dope. I don't have nothing against me, I just got no, something against me as far as, they're, they're running against you, that's <laughs> no, my yeah, only right. problem. That's my only problem with them, no, I'm just right. playing. No, um, you know, but like I said, it's just, you know what I'm saying, just listening to you and listening to what you can definitely, you know what I'm saying, what, what, you're gonna bring to the table. I think it's a lot more different yeah. for me, you know what I'm saying? Right. For, for, for for what I see and what I would want out of uh, Hopkins, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so one other thing I wanted to ask you, I know you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's one of the things right now that's happening. It's one thing you kind of answered on there as far as uh, vaccine mandates, like for the city. So like, yeah. for like city workers and stuff, like, what does that look like for you? Like, so?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we would be following a lot of, you know, what's coming down for, uh, some of the different, you know, the requirements for business right. is having vaccine mandates, and then um, you would have a uh, exception for religious or te- uh, if if people want to go through the testing, uh, you'd have exemptions, and they'd have to go through a like test a test, test like uh, like weekly or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you'd have to go through a testing protocol, and that's kind of what you know has been universal in some of these mandates when they come out. You know, if you look at the, uh, the effectiveness of this vaccine is phenomenal. I mean, it's 99.2% effective at keeping people out of the hospital and, and people dying from it, you know, is 0.8% of the people that are dying have uh, been vaccinated, 99.2%. Haven't you know, right, so, like right. the, the the numbers are just like just following the actual science and staying out of the politics of it and everything like that is like it's an incredibly effective vaccine, right? Right, and um, yeah, and so I mean, that's just kind of where I stand on that. If, if there's folks out there in your audience that are unhappy with that, or anything. I mean, I'm for sure there is, but yeah, yeah. you know, what I'm saying <laughs> right. hey, hey, yeah, it is what it is, yeah, and, and that's just and where I stand on it, yeah, no,
0: yeah, I'm, I, so like you know, I, I'm in the middle, I got the vaccine, um, but I've also got like Six pages of, of vaccines that I've had in twenty years from the army that I don't know what yeah, the hell right. that I have no idea say, what the how fuck many they other are.
1: You have,
0: yeah. So you know, what I'm saying that was my thing. That's why I got it. Cause I was just like, what? Like, what does this one matter compared to the other ones? Right, that right. I You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I've yeah. had anthrax shot like I don't know how many times, yeah. how many series I've had. But I'm sure we're both going
1: to get long emails after this because of that response.
0: But I'm yeah. pr- I'm pretty sure people. You know what I mean? Like I know people there's in, in my family. Um, you know, one side or another that that right. <laughs> you know, but it's just how you feel about it. And and I, I think you'm know saying that. I just wanted to ask that question only because that's what's going on right now, you know what I mean? And I saw that question on her, so that was kind of interesting for me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, I think, um, let me see here, people, maybe I can catch them up. No, I'm just playing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, man, no, that sounds good, man. So um, I know I kind of already hit up on it, but why you, why
1: you over the other candidates? Uh, You know, like I said- Why should these people go vote for Patrick? Like I said, I'm leaning into, the leadership of this position yeah. is, you know, really asking. I can for agree this, with that. Really asking for those, but and go, you know, watch that forum, yeah, you know, and uh, you know, and talk about content that that's on that, and you make up your own mind. Matter um, of fact,
0: I'll put a link up on there, guys. Um, I'll put it on my social media, and I'll put it on uh, the description of this podcast once it's uh, p- published today. Um, but anyways, continue on. Sorry.
1: Yeah, and so you know, the setting those that vision. In that leadership in the position and asking, giving staff because, right. like I said, staff in Hopkins are amazing, and they have a lot of these plans in you know ready to go. What's our sustainability plans? What's our affordable housing plan? What's our you know what's yeah, our public yeah, yeah. safety plan? Like get, let's get those going because we've got a literal train of change. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. It's coming, they're building the tracks right yeah, now. literally. And so like, let's get the plans in place and we can do this in a way, you know, I'm not talking about changing Hopkins, you know, it's change is coming to Hopkins. I wanna protect right. what we love about Hopkins and make sure we get the most out of these developments that come here. Right. Um, and I think that really separates, uh, you know, having some of those standards in place. I'm not taking this as, you know, one-off developments that come in. Like we need to have our, our ducks in a row and our standards in place. Right. Right. Um, and then that community outreach you know is i have a lot of experience in working with i don't care who it is like i'll go have a tough conversation with every anyone right you know is is to you Know, have those win, have those tough conversations, and then come out of it with win win solutions. And I have experience doing a lot of that, Right. Um, and so, and I'm, I'm bringing that to our town in a way, and I'm connected to our town. I mean, you see, of course, man, the, yeah. the lawn signs that are all over yep, Hopkins, I do. a lot of relationships that I have here. I'm not a you know, I'm, I've lived here for 15 years, my family owned a restaurant for here for close to 20 years, and I'm not a you know, I have deep connections in this community too, yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's dope, man. I hope y'all, um, um,
0: you know, picking up, especially if you're from Hopkins, man. Um, When can they
1: vote, by the way? what? right now. I All mean, right, yeah. we're at? Uh, City Hall. City Hall. Yep, and then November 2nd will be, you know, go to the, the traditional polling stations. But if you want to vote right now, get out and vote right now. All right, what do they need? Um, That's a good question. I think it's just a piece of mail.
0: just a piece of mail saying that you're already
1: registered i mean yeah i should check on that i should know that (laughs) all right well i'll find out for you guys
0: and uh, i'll put it back out there or matter of fact um i'll have him do a real uh real quick on where you guys can vote and all that we'll pop it up on there so you guys can get that all right okay um man so there's gonna be um what's next what's next what like what's next what's next after this like you know what i mean like yeah so you get elected you know what i'm saying let's say you get elected and you become mayor or not you will, yeah. So uh, you become mayor of uh, of Hopkins. What's next for you after that? Like right away? No, nah,
1: like well, like let's just say you know what I'm saying like, are you gonna be looking at politics further on? Yeah, uh, I mean you you kept asking me what got me into politics and why yeah. am I a politician. I don't consider myself a politician. Uh In fact, I'm a very I've always got to like pull myself out of ops. Yeah, I'm very good at like what's the problem who are all the partners? you fixer, yeah. Yeah, who are the partners we need in place and let's go do it. Let's get a task force out there and let's get at this, you know? Right. Um, and so I'm not a fan of uh, you know, the whole political arena. Yeah, man, you know, I like that. Yeah, it's, um, so I would like to see some changes in Hopkins and then I'd like to start looking at, you know, maybe, to, oh, I don't know what it would be because I mean, some of these issues are going to take a little time to figure out, but if I could find someone in, in Hopkins that really agrees with that message, if you want to run for mayor, huh, at some nah, point, never. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely work with you. I'll definitely work with whoever to, you know, like if, if I believe in their mission as well, like I don't believe I should be sitting in this position for a long time, Yeah, you know, and for other folks to come in and and work with them as well. This isn't like some badge or medal I'm wearing, you know. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's to do the work, and if someone else wants to do the work too, I'll work with them. So it, I'm yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe that'll change, but like right. I don't have a lot of political aspirations beyond this. Okay.
0: Yeah. Is um do you got any um you know any any kind of things coming up right now that that people can come to or
1: yeah. So we got real Park tonight. Okay. At five p.m. Um.
0: That's on the 1st of October.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, so we're gonna have, uh, if you wanna come down and try some Sambusa. Uh, I will come by, man. Okay. I will, yeah. Okay, and yep. then. Uh, and that's what time you said, five? Five. Five, okay. And then, yeah, there's some other events. Maybe I could link to that too on your site? Okay, yeah, Does that work? Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Matter of fact, you know what I'm saying, whenever we get down here, we'll kind of sit down and talk about uh, uh, links and stuff like that I could okay. throw up and okay. you know what I mean, and all that stuff, and okay. we'll talk about doing a quick reel too. Okay, Um okay. but yeah.
1: yeah, I've got an event in uh coming up, uh, an event, uh, scheduling something at the Moline. If you'd ever be interested in hosting something in your neighborhood, I'd love to do uh, something down there if you know anyone that'd be interested. Like, what do you mean host it? Like, as far as like- Just have like a little meet and greet? Oh, that'd be dope. Did they put you on the spot? I I
0: mean, uh, you you know what? Um, You know, like I said before, I'm working on a couple of things uh, that involves veterans. So, you know what I'm saying? That'd be cool. That that would be dope at some point, you know what I mean, to get with you and... uh, get that program reached not to people, you know what I mean, helping our veterans and stuff like that, I think yeah. that'd be huge.
1: Can Do I have time to just say, you know, yeah. th- thank you for- Yeah, you got all the time in the world, okay, man. Right. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for doing this podcast for the people that you're, I mean, I, was listen, I listened to some of the other episodes and yeah. I was just amazed, like really floored by the honesty, you know, that the, the people coming Appreciate on it, man, and yeah. the experiences that folks went through. And like I said to you earlier, like the service, that you gave to the country and putting yourself in in harm's way in a in a position that you know the country needed you in, yeah, asked yeah. you to, you know put you in that position, but then also what you and others are bringing back home, right? You know, and, and what you've got to deal with, uh, and you know coming back where, you know, no one knows what you went through. No right, one knows right, facts. You, know, yeah. you and, and the and the folks that are uh, out there, you know, maybe listening. And so just thank you for putting in this kind of work. Like, this is, is amazing what you're the, the podcast that you've come up with. And thank, thank you, for you man.
0: It. Well, well, we thank you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We thank you for the support. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. It's dope. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, if anything else, you got anything else to leave the, the uh, listeners with? No, I'm good. All right. Y'all check it out, man. If you live in Hopkins, like I said, hey, go vote go put in your vote for him. Trust me, man. He's going to do great things for Hopkins. You can already tell, you can already hear it. Um, you know, a lot of good things, bringing the community together, uh, you know, trying to help us out with the, um, um, economically and stuff, you know what I'm saying, as far as the city taxes and stuff like that, that t- takes a lot of work. So, you know, obviously he's not coming up here right now telling you everything's going to happen overnight. We all know that. Things right. don't happen like that. We all know everything's takes time. But with that, the most thing it takes is the community to come together and work together onto the whole process as far as making the community a better place for everybody and that's including everybody in the you know team, saying in the city that's one thing i love about you man that you know that you're trying to bring everybody in together that's huge man um you know uh not to go off track but like i said growing up in Hopkins, i always felt kind of a little bit out you know what i mean but i don't anymore i feel like i'm part of that community um and i feel you know i, I don't stick out because there's many more like me you know what yeah, i mean yeah. so i think that's dope Um, you know, like I said, man, y'all know we do things a little bit differently here. Uh, you know, kind of threw y'all for a little loop. I don't do politics, he doesn't either. He just wants to do the work, he just wants to help the city, he just wants to help the people, uh, and make it a better place, man. And it's not about you. And I I know all my listeners out there that are right now that are from Hopkins are my age, got kids that are, you know, I'm saying, young, they're gonna grow up here. Um, it's a beautiful city, man. Um, I love Hopkins. You know what I mean? So get out there, y'all, check them out. Go on uh, um, yep. um Handling for Hopkins is his tag on um, um, Instagram. On Facebook is the same thing, uh, yep. for Hopkins. So for Hopkins, y'all, check it out, man. Go put in your vote, check them out, do your own research on him. But I'm telling you the truth, everything I'm telling you is facts, everything you heard is facts, everything you heard is from him. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Love y'all. Nothing but love and respect, y'all. Thank you.